Welcome to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and it is my mission to keep your creative spark alive, no matter how crazy your life gets. This podcast will teach you how to find the space to light your creative spark and fire up your creative side business. You can stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us on Instagram at Creative Spark Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by my free physical space challenge. Head over to creativespark.link forward slash space and learn how to clear out the clutter, create a studio anywhere and make space in your life for creativity. Let's dive into today's episode. You are listening to episode three of the Creative Spark podcast. And today we're going to talk about skills, specifically how you can conduct a personal skills audit to help identify your strengths and where you might need some help. When you're building a creative side business, it's often a struggle to know what you're good at and where you're the problem. It's easy to get distracted with the things you're interested in and get confused with the things that you want to learn. But without a clear understanding of your foundation skills, you'll build your business on shaky foundations or wind up being the bottleneck for your business. Now, I learned this through my own business the hard way. I founded an online community in 2013, and there are so many moving parts to having an online business. And I had a conference, and I make books, and there's an online membership, and there's a lot of blogging, and there's an internet community, and a Facebook community. And very quickly, I started to realize that I couldn't do it all. And so working out what you're not good at or what you are bottlenecking is really important with your own business. And so I'm lucky enough now to have an amazing assistant and she is able to take a lot of those sort of things that I was just bottlenecking off my plate. And that really leaves me to just do the things that I'm good at and the things that I enjoy. And so if you're planning on building any creative side business, it really is important to start working out where those task divisions are going to start to take place. And when I talk to creative people, they roll their eyes at you when you say that you are going to think about getting an assistant. They just can't see that they could possibly afford to pay another person. But having a virtual assistant or having somebody help you out with some of the aspects of your business one or two days a week, it's only five to ten hours. And in the end, if you're starting to make money, that really should be the first place where you start to invest money is to get somebody to help take some of those things off your plate and allow you to do what you're good at. Now, as creatives, especially creative entrepreneurs, we have a tendency to do everything, especially when we're starting out. And I think there's three reasons for this. Most creatives are control freaks, let's face it, and we can't delegate. We usually don't have any money to pay anyone when we're starting out, so if you need something done, you're the one who needs to do it. And thirdly, until we've done it ourselves, we don't even know what needs doing. As you go along, though, you'll soon realise that if you don't delegate some stuff, you're going to die from overwhelm. You also start to realize that while you might be great at this and you might be great at that, you're actually terrible at a few of the things. So if you're terrible at something, you need to delegate it to someone who's brilliant at it or get better at it yourself. As a creative business owner, the more successful you become, the more you're going to have to get done. There are going to be more steps, more activities, more moving parts. If you listen to any CEO tell the story, eventually they become the bottleneck for their business and they need to step away from the majority of the tasks. And I mean, that can really upset some people. And if you love building your website or writing emails and chatting with customers, if you have to stop all that and just become the public face of a business, that can be quite upsetting. But you really will restrict the growth of your business if you become the bottleneck. If you think about any successful artist or musician, for example, Obviously, when a band is starting out, you know, they're selling the T-shirts, they're at the gigs taking tickets, they're lugging the gear in and out. 
But I can't imagine that Coldplay are lifting their own equipment onto the stage anymore. But certainly when they first started out, they would have done. And as you get more successful, you become the person that people have come to see. And so you need to be paying other people to do all the other stuff behind the scenes. It's a natural part of the process, but creatives can have a difficult time understanding that that might have to be a natural part of their process. And it means letting go of some of the stuff they like doing. So how do you work out what you should keep doing and what you should delegate and let go of? This is where a skills audit comes in. A skills audit will identify the skills you already possess. And if you're planning on building a creative side business, it'll identify where you've got a skills gap and how you might be able to plan for that in the future. So by planning how you can replace yourself sooner rather than later, you won't get caught among the weeds. And if there is some stuff you can't delegate, but that you're also crap at, you can start the process of upskilling now so that you do have the skills when the time comes. So let's dive into some actionable steps that you can take to conduct your own skills audit. Start by listing all the activities you currently do on a daily and weekly basis in your business or creative practice. It doesn't have to be that you're going to be building a business, but if you're a, an exhibiting artist or a musician, what are all the sorts of things that you're expected to do on a daily and weekly basis? So for example, in my own business with typism, it's uh, post to social media, there's responding to customer orders, packaging books up and putting them into envelopes and taking them to the post office and sending them off, interviewing people for the podcast, writing content for the membership, sending weekly emails. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. And if you start doing things like selling things online, there comes with it a whole series of logistics that you might not necessarily plan for at the start. So start projecting now towards the things that you want to happen if you're going to be successful or if your business takes off or if you end up doing some things that you've got a vision for the future in the next five years. So, for example, if you want to be an exhibiting artist, you're going to have to start preparing bodies of work for gallery shows and then that means you're going to need to write proposals and artist statements and press releases and get invitations printed and all these other things that are involved in becoming a professional exhibiting artist that isn't just sitting in your studio and painting. So start to project forward to the next five years and start to list some of the things that you think someone's going to have to do. It might be you or it might be somebody else. So start to build out that list of all of the activities. Once you've got the list of everything you currently do and everything you think you're going to have to do, start to rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. One is that you're terrible at it currently and ten is that you're a world leader at that particular task or activity. Now, for any of the skills where you've ranked yourself six or below, you'll need to get real with yourself. If you're terrible at web design, but you really need a website designed, you're either going to have to build up your web skills or delegate it to someone who is a genius at it. If you're scared of marketing, but you want to build an e-commerce brand, you might need to look into taking a few courses. Now, I've been speaking to somebody who wants to be a professional author but they don't want to be a professional marketer. And so they really have had to come to terms with the fact that, you know, the old fashioned days of just the publisher doing it all for you are gone, that they need to build a social media platform and they need to start taking email addresses of their potential customers and audience. And they need to start behaving like an online marketer instead of just an author who writes books and everything else magically happens. And she's really starting to reconsider, you know, the, the, career or the future that she's chosen for herself because she's not prepared to become an online marketer. So you really need to do some serious thinking about this that, you know, are you prepared to pay somebody lots of money to do that skill for you or are you prepared to do it yourself? So doing a 
an audit of what you think is going to be necessary in order to be successful, it really makes you think now more seriously about what's going to be expected to get to where you want to get to. Now, there's a difference between being scared but also excited about learning something new versus not wanting to learn something and feeling dread that you're going to have to. So in my case, for example, you know, I wanted to start a podcast, but I had no experience of podcasting. I didn't know how to record audio. I didn't know how to edit audio. I didn't know how to optimize it. I didn't know any of that stuff, but I was excited to learn. Whereas this person who was wanting to be an author, but they really are feeling dread and actually horror about the fact that they're going to have to become an online marketer in order to be a successful author in this day and age, she's just deciding that she's going to have to change tack because she really doesn't want that dread of learning something new that she doesn't want to do it. Are you excited to learn something new or are you dreading it? And think about who can you delegate it to or how much will it cost for you to pay or outsource that task. I hope this episode has helped persuade you to conduct a skills audit and get real about what you're good at and where there's room for improvement. In the next episode of the Creative Spark podcast, we'll take a look at your top three core skills. Head to creativesparkpodcast.com forward slash blog forward slash episode three and look for the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's topic and want to go a little deeper, head over to creativesparkpodcast.com for all the resources mentioned in this episode. Please also head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. Remember to subscribe while you're there because it's easy to miss episodes when they pop up every few days. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Spark podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Faller, and I will be back again very soon with another Creative Spark to light up your day.